Hey everybody, welcome to We Need to Talk About Kevin, uh, a podcast where we do whatever we want, because it's our podcast. Uh, I'm Edward. I'm Rose. I'm Trevor, and I don't feel like I do whatever I want on this podcast. <laughs> I do a lot of things that I don't want. But I well, do it all, week... I do it for the fans and for my two good friends. Excellent! Oh, that's sweet. We made a choice this week, which I personally think is a, a very good and a very interesting choice because it draws a fantastic comparison to the work of Kevin Smith. Uh, this week we watched the new Bill and Ted movie, Bill and Ted Face the Music, which has striking similarities to Jay and Silent Bob reboot, which I'm very excited yes. to get into. And some also striking uh, differences More that I enjoyed. <laughs> yeah, this is <laughs> an example is of me, of us doing what I want. I, d I did want <laughs> to do this one. I also wanted to do this one, but I was like, I don't want to bring it up. Like, they, I'm not the smart guy. They're a lot. They get to pick this stuff. <laughs> um, uh, um, so I think we're all fans of the original Bill and Ted movies. I think that's pretty safe to say. Of course. Of course. Yeah, I, I'm not as familiar with the second one. I rewatched it today just to catch up. Um, but the first one I've seen like a bunch of times. Super, super good movie. Just for um, some clarity for this episode, since one of the main characters of the movie is named Ted, uh, our co-host oh, Ted, right. uh, just for this episode, <laughs> we need to refer to him as Ed. Uh, yeah, that's fair. Uh, otherwise, My name is Edward. <laughs> uh, uh, otherwise, we'll get all confused. We'll have to keep clarifying who I'm talking about. So Ed, our co-host Edward uh, is Ed for, for this episode. And when we say Ted, yeah. we're talking about the Keanu Reeves character Ted from the films. I'll go back and edit Edward into when I say uh, my name. <laughs> that's that's fine. That was before the clarification. So I think uh, yeah, yeah. it's OK. Have you guys seen that amazing clip where the interviewer is talking oh. to Keanu Reeves and he calls mm -hmm. him Bill instead of Ted? <laughs> and Keanu, does, Keanu doesn't even pretend. Like he, he calls him out straight up and tells him that's like embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, it's great. How could, you, about it, how could you be interviewing Keanu Reeves and not just scan a Wikipedia page? Come on, Like man. this is your job. Yeah, I mean, I can sort of see getting names mixed up because I do that. No, 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 no. <laughs> it didn't seem like that's what. Not letting him off. It, if we if we had Keanu Reeves on the podcast, like, would you not make sure you had all your facts right before oh you start God. asking oh, him questions? So. Yeah. yeah. Oh come my on. gosh! First of all, I wouldn't need to. Like, I've <laughs> seen most of the Keanu movies already. I love him. I think he rocks. Mr. Reeves, if you want to come on the podcast, I will do so much research uh, before you arrive. <laughs> Trust me. I will learn everything about you. <laughs> Mr. Keanu is welcome on the podcast at any time. <laughs> so what did we all think of the update to the Bill and Dead, the Bill and Ted Bill franchise? And Bill and <laughs> Dead. Uh, but but, but, but what do we good. think? I was not interested in this movie when it was announced because i thought it was just like you know cash grab or no, whatever no. me too but you weren't you weren't like do, you weren't doing your research uh, I, feel like I knew that's not what we got. i knew this was one to one to watch i mm. was excited about it and it was great 
It completely met my expectations. It, I think it really uh, recaptured uh, the spirit of the old movies. Yeah. And it didn't really try to be anything more than that. You know, it didn't try too hard to like have like a newer, more modern version of Bill and Ted or to like aspire to, uh, I don't know, comment on something great. Like it just it was it was just, you know, Bill, the Bill and Ted movies are very frivolous uh, Mm. and it. It had that same spirit, that same energy, and it was great. It was a very fun movie. And extremely yeah, sincere. I, I think that's a really important point about it. It's it's not it's not like a, a winking uh, movie. It's not a super meta film. It is just like no. a very sincere um, return to these characters who people obviously love. And that really, really comes through. I think an important element of this is that uh, the writers, Ed Solomon and Chris Matheson, they are the original screenwriters. They've written all three of the movies. Uh Uh, And I I think they just did this sincerely as like because you can imagine uh, a Bill and Ted uh, movie being put in the hands of some modern comedy writer and yeah. having it be like a self-parody yeah. kind of thing where it's like With making fun cameos. of Bill and Ted. Yeah, and Ugh. but but that's not what it is. It's just a proper uh sequel that uh fits yeah. right right in with the series. What I was worried about was I thought we were going to get um I thought we were going to get a lot more like fish out of water like Oh, Bill and Ted are using an iPhone. No, like, no, well, no, no, and it's no. not that. It is just it's a straight up wonderful, heartwarming, like family comedy. I, I I wish I got to see it in theaters, honestly. The thing is, I don't think that Keanu and Alex Winter would have done the movie if that's what it was. Like, I don't think so. I no, don't think Alex uh, Winter seems it, like Alex Winter seems like a great guy. They both seem great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And obviously, yeah. uh, Bill and Ted is huge for them, especially Alex Winter, who hasn't had as much of a career outside of it as Keanu yeah. Reeves. I don't think like acting is, is his main gig. I think he went and did more uh, like directing stuff or behind the camera stuff. So this is like yeah. a real like return to yeah. something he loves. He has a uh, Frank Zappa movie that comes out soon. Oh. No way! That's awesome. I had no idea about it. I'm excited. Oh, for so it. he does. He does like documentaries. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's not a documentary. I think it's more of a biopic. Oh, but that's interesting. interesting. Well, yeah, I don't think they would have been willing to do the movie if it wasn't the original writers and it wasn't no. something that uh, was in the spirit. Like if it if it was some modern Judd Apatow version of like Bill and Ted, like I don't think they would have had any interest in doing it. Uh, yeah, I don't I, like that thought in my head. Yeah, and I was kind of worried because I like I heard that, um, and I, I'm very excited to talk about this part. I heard that they had daughters in it as well, and I could just picture the studio comedy version of this in my head of like, mm-hmm. oh, it's the new generation of Bill and Ted, but they're young and they're woke, and then yeah, it turns into like a reboot franchise or something. It's but their no, it's their Gen Z daughters, and they're always yeah. on their phones, and Bill and Ted can't <laughs> relate to them. And yeah. Shit. But no, they're, like, they're listening to music on playlists or something. something they did. Like that. The ex- they did the exact the opposite. opposite thing, opposite. which yeah. is like th- they made the very implausible choice 
to have uh, their daughters be just like them. <laughs> yeah, they're <laughs> into classic rock and like yeah, music. They're, it's great. They're like, yeah, they're like big time like music heads. And yeah. they have this very like weird retro fashion sense and they talk just like Bill and Ted. They're two <laughs> young women that would not exist. Like there are no <laughs> real like young girls like this in the world. Trevor knows a lot about young girls. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're they're fantastic. They actually end up being Excellent. maybe my favorite part of the movie. And Absolutely. I'm staying and I'm staking my and I'm staking my claim right here. I'm making a canon right now. These are transgender. Oh, okay. That's fine. Well, what did you think I was gonna say? I thought you were gonna say that they're gay, and that would upset oh, no. me because I I'm going to marry one of them in my head canon. <laughs> no, but they but I I totally I'm totally reading them as trans because uh, the second movie ends with the two babies being named Bill and Ted. Yeah. And they and explain that away. They make a little reference, but I'm 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 brushing it aside. It was vague enough that I can just like brush that aside. And I'm reading this as being like two trans daughters. <laughs> That's my headcanon. I totally buy this. And also <laughs> the so their two daughters are like a single character in the same yes. way that Bill yeah. and Ted are a single character. So it's totally fine that they would just grow up as one person and both become <laughs> trans together. Together, like yeah. in this Bill and Ted world. In my mind, I like that version. Of yeah, no, I, I, <laughs> I, I accept that. Uh, I think that's that's a good read. We should explain for any anybody unfortunate enough to not have seen the movie. At the end of uh, Bill and Ted Bogus Journey, they introduce their babies, <laughs> Bill and Ted. Little, bi- but, little like, Bill Ted's, and little Ted. Yeah, yeah. Ted's baby is named Bill, and vice versa, of course. But then when they're all grown up, it's uh, Billia. And Thea, I think they call them. They're Wilhelmina and Theodora. That's right. And they go by (laughs) Billy and Thea. That's awesome. Yes. And both of them are fantastic characters that I really didn't expect to love as much as uh, I did, especially Ted's daughter. I really love her. Yes. They they did a very good job casting because they both look like they could be the children of each, which is always something I just sort of appreciate. And both of them have, uh, they both had the voices down, like perfect. Oh yeah. Also, I love Ted's daughter has his exact like posture and the way that he holds his arms and stuff. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> which is really impressive because like, I think one of the most thing, one of the most fun things to watch about Keanu is like, he's such a physical actor, even <laughs> when he's doing like a movie like Bill and Ted where yeah. it's just pure comedy and goofiness. Like mm-hmm. he embodies almost all of his character in his body. So to be able to copy that is like pretty impressive mm-hmm. and like really made the character for me. I'm I'm having this weird like dissociation like when you know after Avatar came out and there are all those people online who are like depressed because Pandora <laughs> isn't real and like <laughs> I, I'm I'm having that with like Bill and Ted's daughters oh, yeah. I just wish that they were real I, I wish so I wish cool. that I wish Thea could be my girlfriend and <laughs> and she can't because she's not real. Uh, it's it's just a movie and that person would never exist. And that's hard for me to accept. It's uh, sorry, Trev. it's 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 really um, I, I have to hand it to the writers. It's really amazing to be able to introduce a character like these two characters in, in the third film of this trilogy that are 
would typically be such gimmick characters and in a way they kind of are but they're so instantly charming that um i would be willing i would be willing to watch like you know the spin-off with them or whatever I think yeah i i wish that we i mean uh, there's only so much they you can fit into mm. this movie and there was a lot that they were trying to do with the movie so like i i really wish that we could have gotten more time with them and especially seeing more of uh like bill and ted's relationship with them yeah. because you don't really get yeah. to see much of that and mm -hmm. obviously because there's like a lot of you know because there's multiple uh little adventures going on because yeah. uh thea and billy have their own like mini version of excellent adventure where they go mm -hmm. back and recruit all the music yeah oh by the way we should put That's a big great. spoiler warning on this since oh, this is a yeah. current a current release yes. so. maybe yeah, the only spoiler. time we've talked about like a a, conte a contemporary movie also there's a uh, kind of a little twist at the end that you yes. definitely won't see coming immediately that isn't like <laughs> i didn't see it coming like Are you, at all really <laughs> which is maybe because i'm stupid but i just like pretty much as soon as i watched the trailer i was like oh it's gonna be their daughters that do this i never watched the trailer i just like well, i knew i was gonna watch but it, i mean so. in the trailer even in the movie like the um the great leader says like uh you know Preston and Logan do the okay. thing. If they weren't setting up that twist, they would have just said Bill and Ted performed the song, yeah. but they modified the prophecy. So it's Preston and Logan. So it's like, oh, of course it's going to be their daughters mm -hmm. are the ones that actually do it. And it's about them. They end up supporting their daughters and they're the ones that although it actually ends up being like this universalist message <laughs> where everybody saves everyone because yeah. it's all, it's not about the song yeah. itself. It's about everybody working together. But it's still yeah. the daughters are the Preston and Logan yeah. that are referenced, yes. not Bill and Ted. Um, I really, uh, I, I think in, in talking about this movie and thinking about this movie, even though it's so simple, it does kind of reveal um, how difficult and how subtle it it is to make like a really good film because plot points like that, again conceptually i'm not amazed by them they're things that like could play pretty poorly in like a flat studio comedy but there's something about just like the the genuineness to everything about bill and ted that um these moments work really well for me especially uh the the father-daughter uh relationship just felt so much more um impactful and believable and just like fun to watch than uh than most like father-daughter relationships and like big comedies i love that the that their daughters bill and ted's daughters really like love them and are so supportive yeah. of yeah. them yeah it was something that was really sweet to see because it's always conflict with fathers and daughters it's always like there's some kind of rebellion or the the dads are ignorant and don't understand their daughters and there's yeah. some sort of reconciliation but no like exactly. there's a genuine there's a genuine love between them that's consistent throughout the movie and it's never really like uh challenged it's uh, it's yeah. and they just they're just supportive of each other and they're, when bill and ted realize that their daughters are actually the prophesied ones they don't have any like weird a dad jealousy or anything they're just like oh great of course it's or not you know they're proud of them they're happy yeah 
the movie is never cynical like mm-hmm. not for a second the whole and I, I think that's what like you have to do with something like this like mm-hmm. it wouldn't work any other way is just to like be completely sincere the entire time yeah. and just like make it like a feel-good movie i guess like there's yeah not a lot of chances you had to like i don't i don't even know like even stop enjoying the ride of yeah. the movie it's not feel good though in like the typicals like um sappy way like trev said we yeah. don't have a redemption arc or anything like that with um uh, the father-daughter relationship. It uh, it starts really positive, ends really positive. Um, and they're worried about their daughters, but it's not like, um, it's not taken, you know? <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's like, uh, they're trusting their daughters, like, cross dimensions and time <laughs> and save the world and stuff. And uh, I love when their daughters, like, you know, they go back in time and uh, they'll talk to like Jimi Hendrix and they'll be and, they t- and they're like geeking out about their dads to Jimi Hendrix <laughs> and, and, and stuff like that. It's just like it's so much fun seeing the, the mutual respect that's there for each other. Oh, and and the other part I want to mention was that I also really like that the big part of the main conflict is Bill and Ted being uh, better to their wives. <laughs> there's also with the daughters there's no uh, and i'm just realizing it thinking about it now there's never any implication that the daughters need uh bill and ted to protect them or help them or save them and it never even crosses bill and ted's minds there's no like things like there's no thing where their daughters are in danger and they have to sit like the daughters can just handle themselves in fact the daughters are the ones that are going out of their way to try to help <laughs> them yeah yeah and then when bill and ted like find out about that they're just like oh thanks like that's that's the whole exchange there they're just like oh thank you for trying to help us i love it all that. i love it when they find out that their daughters have died and gone to hell <laughs> and, they're, <laughs> and, and they're like what and uh and they go down there and they they see their daughters who both in unison say hi dads and uh <laughs> and then and then they're like uh oh, are, are you okay uh well we're dead and we're in hell but uh besides that yeah we're pretty good <laughs> it's, it's, it's classic stuff really funny this feels like a movie that shouldn't exist right now it's so pure hearted yeah. i genuinely find bill and ted to be like um almost aspirational figures i there's there's something oh, about totally. how pure their acceptance is for other people and how much they just genuinely want to get along uh that i i find that whenever i watch these movies i'm like damn i should be more like bill and ted in my life i should be excellent to people bill and ted are like the opposite of like kevin smith protagonists (laughs) and these are and these are uh gen x kids bill and ted you know but they're but they're like a totally different kind of you know i i guess if like the clerks guys are like uh, East Coast jaded slackers. You know, Kev, uh, uh, Bill and Ted are these like just Southern California, <laughs> f- uh, just chill like dudes that like yeah. just take they take it easy. They take things as they come. They're not they're not cynical. 
they they're not like hateful <laughs> they love each other very much very earnestly <laughs> yeah they don't like uh, they don't express their uh, friendship for each other by abusing each other like yeah. kevin smith uh, best friend <laughs> oh, characters would yeah. And all and also there's a real contrast with the daughters because the daughters yes. are are not sexualized in any way. <laughs> They're not They're I, I just women. I rewatched it today because I saw it the day it came out. So I rewatched it for the podcast and I I couldn't help but thinking like how would Kevin Smith do this? <laughs> and like Kevin Smith does this shit with his own real life daughter. And these like aren't even like real people. They're yeah. they're the they're fake daughters of fake characters, and they're kind of treated with more respect and more reverence than <laughs> Kevin would with his own daughter. In yeah. and I kept thinking like if this were a Kevin Smith movie, these uh girls would be like horny all the time. They would be like all horned up for like Kid Cudi and the the Jimi Hendrix thing instead of just geeking out about like the music and stuff, they would be like, "Oh, he's so hot." And they would be like <laughs> drooling over him and there'd be so much stuff like that. That's never even like uh, that's just not a thing. Like it's not the way the characters are, are regarded by the movie. Uh, I was thinking when I was watching this movie that, uh, you know, watching so many Kevin Smith films one after another, uh, I think it's easy to um, become like so used to living in, in the muck of his world and yeah. in, in the sadness of his world. Um, yeah, the, the Kevin brain <laughs> that, you know, film. sometimes you, you can't really see how dark it is and watching and watching Bill and Ted uh, face the music and, and with it being like actually such a clear comparison to a uh, silent Bob reboot, it made me realize how much um, colder silent Bob reboot felt and like how much more uncomfortable it was and like how much more self-centered it felt compared to this like very genuine um, kind of, it, this movie's like a gift to the fans of Bill and Ted. It, yeah, exactly. Um, whereas Jane Silent Bob reboot, I mean, it it feels more like I'm watching something that was made for Kevin Smith. Yeah, and it's also something that you know it obviously uh, references the previous movies and reworks a lot of the concepts of those movies into a new story. But it's not entirely built around. Uh, just repurposed or just reused jokes oh. from the movies. You know, yeah. it's it's new original content. They made a brand new, uh, funny, interesting story uh, using those elements. It's yeah. not just like, oh, we're giving the fans what they want. Remember when when Bill and Ted said this? Now they're saying it again. You know? Yeah. No, I should clarify that. Yeah, when I say this one's for the fans, I mean that in. A, in a way that honestly feels surprising for films right now, this movie doesn't feel like any kind of reboot. And it doesn't even feel like a movie that belongs right now. It feels like the Bill and Ted movie that would have come out directly after too. Like it, they could have released it like five years later or something. It feels so in that lineage. Yeah, and it's not uh, overrun with cameos from like current comedy people. I mean, Kristen Shaw is in it as the like replacement of George yeah. Carlin, and she's very funny. 
And um, yeah, I like her a lot. I got whatever, worried when I, I saw that SNL guy. I was like, oh no, is it gonna be? Oh yeah, uh, one of ben, these movies. See, but he he was super funny before he was on SNL. Yeah, yeah, I was That's a fan true. of those Good Neighbor guys before they oh, got on oh, SNL. So I yeah. still I still like them, even though they do a lot of crap now, yeah. just because they're on SNL. I it really it upset me when they got cast on snl mm -hmm. because like me too they could do so much funnier stuff than that but that's digression also the lady the lady from workaholics has a brief scene in it but she's very funny yeah. too kid cuddy is in the movie who which is funny because at first i was like oh are they gonna make him one of the, like the legendary musicians <laughs> um because for people who don't know he released a rock album that got like maybe the worst reviews i've ever seen right. like a, a modern album get uh but he wasn't he he didn't do that at all like he was an a comedic actor in it which i think is great because he was on um the post Reggie season comedy of bang, comedy bang bang. He was fun. I liked him on comedy bang bang. He was he's pretty really funny. funny on comedy yeah. bang bang. So as soon as I realized like oh he's gonna be an actor and like doing jokes, I was like very relieved. He does play himself, but uh -huh. he just shows up like by chance. Like exactly. he get he gets randomly placed there by the universe. He's not one of the the great musicians yeah. of history that they seek out. And he's he like oh kid, hey, cool, you can come too. And, and part of why he comes along is also that Kid Cudi in this in this film is uh, an extremely smart, <laughs> like, scientist. And he knows a lot about time travel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, like, a very like cliche bit, but he pulls it off. Well, yeah, it's yeah. So it's pretty bit. good. It's pretty good. The, the one thing, the only thing I was, like, a little disappointed by was uh, Anthony Kerrigan's character. Um, oh no! I plays. Dennis. I like I, Dennis. I think he's. Funny. I no. I liked him a lot. I just wish there was more of him because <laughs> oh, I right. love. The only thing I've seen Anthony Kerrigan in is uh, the HBO series Barry, which he totally steals a show in. He's rocks, Anthony. He's so he's funny. So funny, and he just like I wish he just had like a couple more scenes in this movie because I think he's so funny. There's so much that I wish there's more of in this movie. Honestly, this could all be they could do a, a five hour HBO Max series of this movie because there's yeah. so there's so many elements to it. Even the wives, the princesses have their own yeah. whole journey that we don't really see at all. You know, they're like three both played by really funny actresses. Yeah. There are like three or four separate plot lines going on. And we really just mainly see the Bill and Ted one and the daughter one. And oh. there's this se separate uh, wife journey happening that we don't <laughs> actually see. And it's like, yeah, this they, they could make a whole there's there's so many even just in the beginning. Uh, I really liked seeing what. Uh, grown up Bill and Ted were like and what yeah. I would have loved to see more of like what their home lives were like and their relationship with their wives like that was all like good fertile ground for comedy but there's just no time for it they had to get to the plot but that's the thing that feels really refreshing about this movie too is that it does take that more classic approach to this type of comedy which is much more simple and and um and streamlined um instead of doing like a fucking you know two and a half hour Bill and Ted reboot movie that's giant or whatever, you do get the feeling by the end of it that it's like so tight that you want um, more. And it's very rare these yeah. days that I watch a movie and at the end of it, I'm like, I want more from it. Very rarely happens. Even movies I love. Like, yeah, it seems like a lot of movies either go way too long or like just 
just a little bit too long. Even <laughs> movies I really like, like, but this is like a short movie. It's quick. It's fast paced. Oh uh, my it god, fucking rocks! And when it if you ends, haven't seen it, go see it. I, I gotta say it. Like, oh my god. Oh, it's great, and I love that it just ends um, because <laughs> I I often something I always struggle with in movies is I really don't like kind of epilogues to stories mm-hmm. i like stories to go out on top and this movie goes out on top because they they save the world and then um at the very end it just says like you know that they made the song or whatever to to, to save the universe and then it's just like and it worked roll credits <laughs> which is so good and, and there's more stuff like during the credits but i mean that was perfect for me i just cut it there's right a there. goofy little post credit scene uh where we see an old bill and ted like get out of their hospital beds and like rock out a little bit yeah. and awesome. get back in their hospital city mm. beds which is just funny like it's totally non-intrusive or anything now i wanted yeah. to ask uh specifically as i think it's one of the bigger points of discussion with this movie what do you think of the return of uh bill and ted like specifically these performances like how do you think each actor held up did not miss a beat they're so amazing. great mm-hmm. like the voices are different because they're much older but like the body movement and everything like yeah. is the same but if they were old men which in you know the context of the movie they are mm-hmm. yeah it was Truly amazing. And I, I had no doubts that Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves like would pull it off. But just to see it is, oh, it's so great. I was like a little bit nervous about it because I couldn't help but think about like that Dumb and Dumber sequel that they did. Yes. And it yeah. just feels so weird seeing these guys who are like 60 years old playing the same Dumb and Dumber characters. Mm-hmm. But like Bill and Ted really do seem older. Like they're not... Yeah. They're not exactly the yeah. same guys because they're not kids, you know. Yeah. And they do have they have had like an emotional journey since mm-hmm. um Yeah. Since since the last movie because it's been all this time and they haven't written the song that unites the world. So like there is a change in them too that like allows them to embody being, you know, men with twenty four year old daughters <laughs> as opposed to just like the same guys, but aged in like a hyperbolic time chamber or whatever, 30 years. You can almost believe them as like grown men who could conceivably like be like the heads of households with daughters, exactly. like it, in, yeah. in the silly uh, world of this movie, it, it, it works. It doesn't just seem like they're like overgrown children and they're exactly the yeah. same, even though they're in their fifties now. Because obviously a big part of Bill and Ted's appeal in those old movies is that you know they're 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 kind of dumb dudes too. They're you know they're not they're not too bright. They've just got like a lot of enthusiasm. And I agree. Yeah. I was worried that it was gonna end up being um, awkward, uh, but it it really worked because I think that. Um, I, I think in a way, like especially Alex Winter was really able to channel that um, that young man enthusiasm for just like hanging out with your buddies. And they were able to turn it into something that's that was more like um, like a really excitable dad. And and I really um, totally I really bought it. Keanu, I had some issue with because of his wig. Um, <laughs> I, thought, I wasn't too <laughs> down with that wig. And I was I, I'll say as like regular um, Ted, I was like, uh, I was a little shaky sometimes because he's definitely aged more than Alex Winter. But um, I thought that he really shone um, 
you really saw him when he was doing the different variations uh, of Ted. Cause, because oh yeah, people, Mean Ted was great. There's people at home. Um, uh, this movie does the time travel thing, but we also get like a few different versions of the future uh, versions of Bill and Ted. So you get to see them both, like you know, dress up in different costumes, and uh, we get to see like uh, you know, alcoholic. Ted, uh, he's like <laughs> he's having a rough life, and we get like te- uh, Bill and Ted in prison, which is probably my favorite. And they're super jacked. Super and, jacked. Oh my god, that was so fucking yeah. funny. I thought that Keanu sold that stuff like uh, the best, but um, for like the main core, uh, I thought Alex Winter like kind of stole the oh, show. Yeah, I totally, I agree. really he was him. fantastic, amazing. Alex Winter is, I mean, he's he's unmistakable as Bill. He snapped right into it. With Keanu, like, uh, I mean, I'm very impressed with it because obviously we have so much more baggage with Keanu. Mm-hmm. He's gone through so many stages in his career since yeah. Bill and Ted. And he keeps fucking throwing himself off a goddamn roof. Yeah. And uh, it's like, he's fucking John wick now. And I'm really impressed by how easy it is for me to forget that he's John wick and accept it, just accept him as this grown up Ted and just see him. Like he's having fun in this movie and he's right back in it. And it's like, you think it would like be weird and not, work but it it does like yeah. it's it, it's great and it's yeah, so i'm thinking I'm i don't know i don't know like uh i don't know if you, you two are like too young to remember this but there was a time where like keanu reeves got shit on constantly oh, yeah. like i do everyone yeah. thought he was like a shitty actor and a dumbass and like yeah. and like in that and like you know and obviously like the matrix movies were like huge for his career but at the time people still like you know they just thought he was like this idiot and like and then like but then over the past like 20 years or so there's slowly been this like appreciation that built for him as just this like down-to-earth guy you know so i think like he keanu um and there's a couple other actors that i i think have this too like uh nick cage for one he has a way of acting that is different than almost every other actor like he doesn't act in the same way he's much more physical and like motion oriented rather than i don't know like talking to the camera or whatever and that tricks people into thinking like oh he's not like leonardo dicaprio he's not that good but like fuck you no he's a goddamn movie star uh and he rocks yeah and it's just like he has his own way of doing things like nick cage and even tom hardy i think is yes, a little bit yeah like that um where he's a, a big physical nick cage has his own like sort of eldritch <laughs> energy that i don't want to get into yeah. right now but there's some uh actors where i i really feel it just it takes a person it takes a director who understands who they are and what yes. they do and in bill and ted uh, they they clearly understand what keanu is capable of and it's it's wonderful to see him uh do this performance which now feels uh, uh feels very different even though at the time with Bill and Ted, that I, that was, I think, more normal for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's he's such a bona fide movie star uh-huh. that you just don't expect to see him like this anymore. It's like something that like, you know, like I feel like a lot of other actors would be like above that now like oh i don't want to go like ashamed of it like i don't want to go back to playing that goofy role but no it it still (laughs) seems to 
come naturally to him and he's funny and he has fun in yeah. the movie. It's great. And also yeah, and I, I think- wanted, I want, I wanted to point out with uh, Keanu being such a massive star coming back to this, uh, you can tell he's doing it because he loves it. Um, for yes. one thing, because this this movie isn't going to be a big payday for Keanu. I doubt it. Like he could do way bigger stuff. And also the other thing that I really noticed is that um, Alex Winters and, and, and Keanu both put on tons of makeup and they're in a lot of the film. And typically if you have like a massive Hollywood star coming in, uh, to like reprise the role, you kind of like put them to the side a little bit and you give them the easy things to do. You don't make them put on like a massive muscle suit and like like, facial prosthetics and stuff like that and dress up as like a bunch of different characters. So I loved, I loved seeing Keanu. Yeah. Fully dive into it. Yeah. You could picture him like really phoning it in. Yeah, and yeah. just do it doing like a shitty like impression of whatever he used to do but but no yeah he really uh throws himself into it and it's great we've been talking about such a, a wonderful film with with bill and ted uh let's let's bring it down a bit more here and compare uh-huh. the two compare bill and ted's excellent adventure a bit more with uh or sorry compare bill and ted face the music a bit more with jay and silent bob uh reboot the the one positive thing i want to say is that when you have care like people who play the characters that like are characters that they sort of like really embodied and really loved um like bill and ted with alex winter and keanu reeves uh-huh. and then jay with jason muse like that is what works in both of the movies everything else works in um bill and ted too but <laughs> The only thing that really works in um, reboot is Jason Mewes. Uh-huh. So it's like though that the similarity in, in terms of like what works is so obvious there because it's like the only good thing in one movie is the <laughs> entire rest of the movie. But then you have everything else that's bad, yeah. which uh, that, that seems like a, a Trevor thing to talk about, right? <laughs> uh, talk about what's bad about James yeah, and Bob. Yeah. How, how it, <laughs> unfavorably compared how does it ma- how does it make you reflect back on kevin smith's attempt to basically do the same thing well you know it really it makes me think back to chasing amy where uh uh kevin smith explicitly uh makes the comparison to bill and ted in that opening scene where a fan is talking to to holden about blunt man and chronic and he's like, yeah, Blum Man and Chronic, they're so cool. They're like Bill and Ted meets Cheech and Chong or whatever. And 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 fucking Holden Ben Affleck says, uh, well, I like to think that they're more like Rosencrantz and Guildenstern meet Vladimir and Estragon. <laughs> and I keep I keep coming back to that because I I could never resolve in my head whether like that's meant to be like a joke like this guy is such a stuffy uh artist that he that he like has this pretentious view of his silly comic book or if that's supposed to be something that kevin smith actually believes and uh and now i'm thinking about i'm getting a little off topic here but like after watching that clerks uh documentary and learning about how it was supposed to be like this absurdist art film or something I can actually really uh, picture, um, 
you know, Kevin Smith thinking that he's making something akin to like a Samuel Beckett play and that oh, Jay and Silent Bob are, are like some modern, like postmodern version of those fucking uh, waiting for Godot characters. And it, and, and it, and it's, it's really funny to imagine like Kevin Smith thinking that he's so above Bill and Ted. And that's the thing is like, even in the name Jay and Silent Bob reboot, it's like, oh, we're taking on like reboots. Uh-huh. Bill and Ted is just a Bill and Ted, another Bill it's and a Ted. It's a sequel. Scene. It's yeah, it's another Bill and Ted movie. Like they reference the first movie, but like in a normal way that isn't annoying, you know, <laughs> like it's not like, oh, look, oh, this is exactly like how it happened in the first movie. It's like, no, it's like. Yeah. It, but then also o- over time with Kevin Smith, you get that downfall in his, uh, self-estimation to the point that he's just doing <laughs> these Jay and Silent Bob movies as these silly like send-ups of whatever just like this self-referential pile of dick jokes you know uh, w- which is like this huge uh, step down from whatever pretentious idea he had of him doing this like David Lynch uh, movie or whatever he thought he was doing and <laughs> Whereas Bill and Ted has been just on the same even keel from the beginning and it's back and it's the same Bill and Ted. It's the same tone. They snap right back into it. And there's so much more creative integrity to that than in, in anything in Kevin Smith's career. So it's like, it's so weird to like compare Jane Simon Bob reboot to this because this is just like, this is like exactly what you'd want a new Bill and Ted movie to be. It's not, it, it, I mean, we already said it. It's not like a parody of Bill and Ted. It's not like a, a, a new like postmodern take on Bill and Ted. It's just more Bill and Ted and it's still good. Still works. Trying to compare the movies is just making me think of all the horrible shit that could have been done. Like I can imagine a world where Kevin Smith was hired to write the Bill and Ted sequel, right? We live in a horrible evil universe, but there's <laughs> not, not enough not, evil for not, that. Not happen. now in 2020, but maybe 10, 15 years ago. It might have oh made God. sense in some kind of studio calculation that's like, oh, we need Kevin Smith. He's like the the new uh, nerd movie guy that everyone <laughs> likes. We'll get him to do his take on yeah. Bill and Ted. And yeah, and you would have had Keanu Reeves playing himself in the movie. You would have Ted uh, meeting Keanu Reeves or something. Or it's like, uh, there'd have to be some kind of like, in universe thing where Bill could because they're the wild stallions and the wild stallions would have become really famous. And maybe there'd even be a movie about them and there'd be a fake. Oh, okay. Now I'm just, I don't even want to go down this road because I'm imagining <laughs> you. Yeah, I all, all, <laughs> just how awful it would all, all these, all, all these terrible misguided wrongheaded things you could do with Bill and Ted that the movie doesn't do. Whereas, yeah. With Jane Silent Bob reboot, it's every every bad impulse. Like he just goes <laughs> up, follows it all the way to its logical endpoint. Yeah, uh, I think um, it's 
It's it's interesting because on the one hand, they are so similar on like a basic conceptual level and structural level. But in the execution, you just feel like how completely different their intentions are. And um, I think watching this movie made me realize like, I think I've been lulled into the idea that movies are are just naturally worse than uh, than they should be, or like, or sorry, I feel like I've been lulled into the i of into uh, accepting worse movies than I should because um, watching this film, I think when I was watching Jane Silent Bob reboot, part of thing I was thinking, and part of the reception I saw online was that like, oh well, you know, it's not great, but it's you know, it's a it's a big celebration for the fans and all this stuff. I saw that it should be good. I saw that a lot online of in like reviews and stuff like that. And now watching uh, Bill and uh, Bill and Ted face some music. I'm like, well, no, a a celebration for the fans. Like it doesn't, that doesn't have to suck for everyone else. You can still make a great movie with this old property and you can do, you can do it all. You know, it's uh, we don't have to settle for shitty movies. (laughs) Like if you're making a celebration for like, the fans who are still children, then yeah, just whatever. Well, put a bunch of the same faces in it. If you're making a, a f- celebration of the fans who are like adults now, uh, they're not stupid like children. They know like, <laughs> oh, this is a shitty movie. Like they're not gonna be like, oh well, this was shitty, but it was for me, so <laughs> that's fine. Like fuck no, fuck off. But Jay and Silent Bob really doesn't have uh, the the foundation to do anything good with uh-huh. it. Like it's not. I mean. Here's the thing. Uh, my uh, opinion of Jane Silent Bob reboot has gone down since when we watched it and I was yeah. a little drunk or whatever, but that one coming. But I still think it's a better movie than Jane Silent Bob Strike Back and it's still more entertaining yeah. to me personally than any other Kevin Smith movie even mm-hmm. though it's irredeemable garbage. Uh, <laughs> and it's like it's a, sort of hard to quantify what it is that elevates it. And part of it is just has to do with, I think, Kevin abandoning all hope or pretense of making anything that's not garbage, you know? <laughs> and yeah. so so it's like it's taking a whole history of terrible movies, just garbage, and turning it into something that's like transcendent garbage, you know, and I don't know if I don't know if doing like a more sincere, less cynical, uh, uh, more like faithful, whatever, like any of the the things you want to ascribe to this movie. I don't know if any of that would work with Jay and Silent Bob. Like, I don't know what you could do to like take it more seriously or whatever that would make it any good that probably wouldn't just make it even worse you know well yeah it's uh, it's it's a hard thing to diagnose because i think it really just comes down to um well for one thing it comes down to talent and a familiarness with these characters but also it comes down to like i think your heart kind of being in the right place as cheesy as that sounds and uh and with uh, Kevin Smith's movies, I often feel there is um, 
that that they've given up before they've even started. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a feeling of defeat when you watch them. Uh, like with with Jameson Bob reboot, it does feel like this big fan thing, but it also feels like it accepts that oh, this is this is gonna suck, but but people are gonna love it. And um, uh, Bill and Ted doesn't accept that at all, and it relies very very much on um, not on recognition or familiarity it relies very heavily on like the fundamentals of this type of a comedy film and it it brings it back to basics in in a way that is a surprise for a movie nowadays yeah and it doesn't try to reinvent the wheel it doesn't try to subvert your expectations or anything you know because i was thinking of another comparison point uh in james and bob reboot you do kind of get the new gen z version of james and bob which is yeah. Jay's edgy, cool, sexy daughter and yeah. her her deaf black friend. They're always on their phone. Yeah. And, and their Muslim friend who's named Jihad is oh. also there as a third, like an addition to like, and it's like, okay, the new Jay and Silent Bob for the new generation, they have to be not just all women, but they have to be, you know, a rainbow coalition of different ethnicities although the asian one turns out to be like a villain but whatever and <laughs> like but and uh, uh but and and they all suck and aren't memorable as characters which is why i almost forgot that, that was an element of the movie i think my brain keeps on blocking out the jihad girl like i don't want to remember Mine, that yeah, it's awful well, yeah, well, there, there's not really much to her character. I can't think of her having any moment in the movie apart from that very funny part where it's revealed that her name is Jihad. It's a but, hilarious moment. Yeah, <laughs> but um, but in but here, the new female version of Bill and Ted is just they are uh, exactly like Bill and Ted. <laughs> <laughs> it's not it's it's really just that simple and it's yeah. funny and it works you know yeah. <laughs> rose you said uh something about like you know their heart being in the right place uh we learned from the from the documentary that kevin's heart was literally not in the right place uh when he was making um silent bob, uh, it, well, silent bob ever at any time really because we wa- we watched two we watched two documentaries from both ends of his career and in neither did it seem like he ever had the right intentions. <laughs> no no no, I more mean that like No, no I know. He I know, made sorry. Silent Bob yeah yeah. He made Silent Bob reboot because he had a heart attack and he was like I need to put something lasting out there in the world. <laughs> Whereas uh, Bill and Ted face music is like, oh, let's make another Bill and Ted movie. Wouldn't that be Those cool? Those movies were good. Yeah, it's just like, wouldn't it be and cool it to make another one of these movies? And yeah. It's and it like, was cool. cool. <laughs> like, well, yeah. that's all it and they've been trying to make this movie for a long time. I know Alex yeah. went, I mean, it's probably been in production for at least 10 years. They've been wow. trying to get this Jeez. thing made. I know yeah. Alex Winter's been like uh, 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 trying to get it greenlit for a long yeah. time, you know, and it was just about like, you know, the schedules lining up and getting the right funding and everything. One thing I, I wanted to, to touch on um, is that so the, the central plot of the movie is that Bill and Ted need to make the song that unites the world because the whole universe is starting to collapse in on itself. Uh-huh. Um, and the song, it turns out the song also uh, saves reality. It doesn't just exactly it, uni- it unites it humanity and also saves reality from falling apart. That's a new yes. wrinkle they add on. But they've been trying to write this song since Bogus Journey until the movie starts. 
And they're like, it's affecting them that they can't do it. And it's not because they want to be the people who write the greatest song. It's because they want to unite the world. Huh. And then I think what's so interesting about the girls, um, uh, Billy and Thea, writing the song is that like they didn't have, they didn't try to do it. They were just like hanging out oh, yeah, and then they point. just like did it, which is exactly how yeah. everything happens in uh, Excellent Adventure and Bogus Journey is like, <laughs> oh, some guy shows up and gives us a time machine. Let's just like go do it. Like they do it because, oh yeah, of course, you know, like. They have to pass their history. Uh, they have yeah, to pass their like, history. Gotta, <laughs> I get to pass my history yeah. test. Or like, oh, I want to play the Battle of the Bands and like uh, marry my girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> like and and just, it's not like this big responsibility for them, which yeah. is, I think, why it's so genius to have the girls do it beyond any other reason that it's also yeah and it's all it's all sort of a destiny because all their time travel journeys led to them having these daughters and the daughters are actually the ones that end up doing it and it's really just and they just have like a pure love of music they don't even okay. see themselves as musicians they're sort of like sample djs kind of yeah it's they like have not... basically midi controllers yeah uh, and that they're playing but really they're just like okay now you do this like oh wait do it a little more like that yeah they just like kind of throwing uh th things together and it just turns mm -hmm. out in the end that like oh that's actually what's needed because yeah. it's taking bits and pieces of different contributions from different cultures and combining it all into a uh a collective enterprise. Yeah. This is actually yeah. a socialist movie. I just decided. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, I just wanted to get some favorite parts um, from this movie, and then maybe we can talk a little bit about the franchise. Lucy, I don't know. Uh, but my favorite part of this whole movie was the um, the sequence that we get of the daughters um, getting. Jimi Hendrix and Louis Armstrong. Uh, Fantastic. That was my favorite so stuff. Funny. I love them. Oh my god! Uh, I love them geeking out to. I love them geeking out to um, Jimi Hendrix. I love that they realize that they need someone that Jimi Hendrix recognizes. Uh, so they go back in time and get. Um, oh my gosh! I was. I just suddenly forgot. Louis Armstrong. Louis yeah. Armstrong. Uh, they get Louis Armstrong, and I also really like when he comes back. That Jimi Hendrix is like, no, it, like I'm obviously not going to believe that this is actually Louis Armstrong. And then Louis <laughs> Armstrong plays, and then Jimi Hendrix recognizes that only Louis Armstrong can play like that, which is just so sick. It's such a great um, this this movie. It's, it's this amazing. movie really loves music, and that comes through in a lot of scenes, and that's one where it really hit. Yeah, there's a lot of the power of music uniting people. Like they go yeah. back to Mozart's time and Jimi Hendrix just starts an, impro <laughs> an impromptu jam with Mozart and Mozart is just into it. And then he's on board and he doesn't that. even speak English. He's just, they no. just communicate through music and he's just on board and he comes along. It's awesome. It. Yeah. <laughs> it has the same like reverence and appreciation for music in a way that isn't like annoying and nerdy that uh walk hard <laughs> i just rewatched that the has, other day <laughs> which again yeah. another absolutely Great fantastic comedy. movie um but they, they both like appreciate it in a way that isn't fucking annoying like in whiplash and the music <laughs> that, the and like the movies that music nerds like um <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure music nerds hate Whiplash, but well, I yeah, they do. But like, <laughs> like 
like movies that are like oh it's like a sacred thing it's like no it's music you know it's just normal like it's just a thing that people like it's for it's for the people it's for man. everyone it's that's part of the fun about bill and ted in the first movie too is that they don't even know how to play instruments they just they just <laughs> like um being in a band together so they just like they just mash on the guitars and they don't care how it sounds they just like being friends and being in a rock band and then the whole plot is about them like writing the song that's gonna save uh the universe yeah no it's like it's it's pure in such a way that is never going to be something that could be like turned against (laughs) you like if you really love playing the piano and you're like a prodigy like and your parents push you into it, eventually you're going to like hate yourself, like, you know, an <laughs> Olympic athlete syndrome or whatever. <laughs> There's a way it presents all these things that are just like normal and in a way that even if you were just like inserted in the movie, that wouldn't suck. <laughs> yeah, it's very inviting. You really see that when um, Bill and Ted play uh, the song at the beginning and you get to see what they're oh, yeah. like now. You get to see like how they perform and they just keep on switching. I actually really dug that song they played I thought it was a cool song. I, oh, like Theravan Mongolian throat singing, like tight. It's me off that uh, <laughs> that Ted's dad like uh, unplugged them or whatever. It's yeah. like fucking let them do their cool experiment. Yeah. No, it's, it's so hard for me to pick a, a favorite moment but like uh uh missy who was formerly both bill and ted's stepdad or stepmom marrying ted's younger brother deacon <laughs> played by uh beck from good neighbor a very funny bit um when bill's or when ted's dad gets sent to hell and he meets bill and ted in hell that's like, great by by this like now i know that all the shit you talked about was totally true fantastic um when anthony kerrigan's character first broke and stopped being just like a terminator-esque killer robot and was like my name's dennis i'm, I'm not gonna try and do it yeah. right. I'm just gonna <laughs> thank say. you but um, he, he um, he's very funny yeah. also like the the gag like uh right at the beginning at the wedding when deacon so deacon's marrying missy who uh was and Ted and Ted's dad, who in between the movies was also married to her, is right there. And, so and De- Deacon calls her some uh pet name and and she said she says, Your dad used to call me that, and she's just like, I'm totally aware of that, babe. <laughs> it's uh, really funny. That, it's that, really short, and they don't touch on it again. It's yeah, gone. Like, yeah. Uh, the, uh, the, 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 the thing with the, the wedding scene though, the, the reason I appreciate like the, that musical opening is that I like the idea that Bill and Ted, they aren't going to become super serious virtuosos of like the guitar or something. Once they get good at the guitar, yeah. they're going to pick up a wind instrument and then they're going to pick up something else. So they're going to pick up like a keyboard and electronic pad. I like the idea that they are just like constantly just like looking for more stuff to do, more fun music to play around with. Yeah. Uh, Bill is the steel drums and a couple other things. Yeah. And then at the end, we get the the final song. And of course, it's all these different sounds coming together into a harmony, which is wonderful. And and I, I kind of like that... Um, 
you know, this isn't a confirmed thing or anything like that, but just when I think about Bill and Ted and the fact that they've just been playing around with instruments so much and their daughters have too, it makes a lot of sense to me that their daughters would be able to know how every single instrument fits into a song and would be able to like compose them on the spot like that. Like it, it really, um, it really worked for me. I really bought that they were able to do it. Yeah. And it is like the, the like, totally cliche thing of like a great band leader doesn't tell people what to play Uh he gets out what they want to play like for the song and it's it's so great um i kind of want to talk about the band that they uh assemble at the end which is Jimi hendrix on guitar (laughs) louis armstrong on trumpet uh mozart on synth which there's a funny scene where he does like a harpsichord uh preset at first and they're like no that's (laughs) um some I, I don't remember her name, but it is a ancient Chinese uh, flautist. Yeah, a, le- a, le- then, a uh, legendary, a Chinese flautist <laughs> of legend who pro- yes. probably didn't really exist. No, I think she did. I I, I didn't look it up, but I I I I, 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 I looked it up. It's like a legend. It might have been a real uh, person, uh, but oh, it's not. It's right. not like yeah, a known yeah. historical fact. And yeah. also, it and then a probably cave probably man. wasn't a woman either. That was something yeah. that they decided for the movie. <laughs> Rounding out the band on drums is a, a literal uh, a yeah. woman, I think. I yeah, yeah. wasn't sure. Cave person. Some, some, yeah. And you're you're forgetting uh, my favorite member of the band, uh, Death on the Bass. Death. The Grim Reaper. <laughs> Death on the Bass. <laughs> Another just small little gag I got a big kick out of. I should say that, like, we've watched so many Kevin Smith movies, and I've sat stone-faced through them. This movie, I was laughing out loud a lot. And uh, a gag that I really liked is when they find Def, he's just playing hopscotch against himself, and he's still still (laughs) cheating, which is... (laughs) <laughs> it's so good i i love it i love the bill and ted um version of death it's so it's so hilarious a friend of the pod chris cww pointed out to me who is a, a dipshit and doesn't know anything about movies that it's it's a the original death is uh a reference to ingmar bergman's the seventh yeah season. everybody fucking knows Come that on. who that, cares i didn't know that I'm stupid. that's the number that's like the number one thing everybody points out whenever bill and ted comes up it's like oh did you know that bill and ted's bogus journey was actually an homage to the seventh Listen, seal shut up i didn't, I didn't <laughs> not, know not you shut up i'm saying shut up to people that like say that all the, the royal time. Like, you yeah well yeah <laughs> but but it's it's so funny to like have a movie where the conceit is that also and also terminator but it's a comedy like, yeah yeah it's just like so i, I do feel oh. the need to point out that like the uh the basic uh fabric of everything in this movie makes no fucking sense oh no like, sense. i'm not i'm not, no I'm not gonna delve into all the like big like logical problems but like it no, does it does it does do like the same uh, fucked up thing as in bill and ted's excellent adventure where somehow they have a ticking clock on the whole thing and they have a limited <laughs> amount of time, time to travel. get everything done even though they're fucking time traveling <laughs> it's you have great a time, there's that. no such thing as a time limit if you have a time machine it's but so it does great. that one, one it does funniest, that weird like, thing that they do in all time travel stories or most time travel stories where it's like somehow the past and the future <laughs> happening at the same time like on a fixed yeah. linear time like it doesn't make any sense in this movie really just multiplies the ways that the this ver- version of time makes no fucking sense at all. But who cares? It's like 
Yeah, it, it makes like, it makes too little sense to care about how it makes no sense. I've always loved um, how obviously flawed the time travel stuff is in the Bill and Ted movies. It's so funny to me. I liked in this one that they 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 completely did away even with the concept of time travel from the first movie because in the first movie they fuck they they mess with the past endlessly and it doesn't really like affect the future that much um but in this one uh they change that completely or like now um whenever whenever they're changing stuff it's like that simpsons episode and they find out that like oh no now we're in prison <laughs> yeah but also they're like uh it, they establish that there are infinite multiple timelines yes. or infinite futures yeah. So the future, the various future versions of Bill and Ted they see are not even they're like alternate Bill and yeah, Ted's that they're yeah. not going to be. Yeah, there's because it doesn't mean Bill and the, Ted because their li their future lives don't match up at all with the way the movie ends. So obviously <laughs> that's not how they're actually going to turn out. No, <laughs> no, but it, there's it, no there's uh, no consistency to any of it. I like, um, I, I do kind of like also, it's, again, it's cheesy, but the movie sells it really well. Um, all these cheesy morals it does really well with. I also like the idea that, um, that, that there's all these different realities that they show, all these possible timelines, but at the end of it, you know, that you, you choose, you know, your, your fate, like you choose what to do, um, like, you choose what future you're going to get. And I thought that was sweet. Yeah. Anyway, uh, do we have any closing thoughts here? I could go on about this movie for literally years. Well, I got to do a quick uh, Kevin's receipts oh, here. Because I got okay. something. Okay. Um, I'll just, I have a, a few small things to wrap up here. Uh, go for it. Uh, I just want to say that um, rewatching the movies today. I, I enjoyed Bogus Adventure quite a bit. I really liked Ted's dad doing an impression of him. I just wanted to mention that. I thought that that was extremely funny, and I and I did not remember that scene. Um, the other part, uh, leading into uh, Kevin's receipts, because I also have a small thing here. Uh, so I felt that I needed to mention that, of course, Kevin Smith did see the new Bill No, you're scooping me. God damn it. Oh, no. <laughs> I was like about to say this and you're like, no, <laughs> get fucked. Uh, and he cried. I mean, I was close. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I was, it was so nice seeing this movie. I was like, damn, this movie rocks. <laughs> I watched, I, I rewatched the first two leading up to it. So I was like full Bill and Ted mode. Uh, it's just a classic uh, Kevin move. The, the man loves crying at movies and I don't bl I don't blame him. If you can get it out, Kevin, go for it. But I found it funny to see yet another headline where it's uh, Kevin Smith cried at a movie. <laughs> no, I did the exact same thing. I searched uh, Ke Kevin Smith, Bill and Ted. And sure enough, the first thing that came up was yeah. watching Bill and Ted face the music <laughs> left Kevin Smith in tears. Just... Here's here's an idea. Maybe make a fucking headline when he goes to the movie and doesn't cry. <laughs> How about that? Can you imagine? I, like, right, folks? It, it's just very funny to me thinking about this man who's... Um, He's constantly weeping at films, which isn't like, you know, that's not a crazy thing. That's that's normal. Um, but then like having news outlets reporting every single time it happens is just so funny to me. And Kevin himself <laughs> posting photos of like his his teary face after, you know, uh, Captain Marvel or whatever. It's very weird. The world that this man lives in. <laughs> a good bit would be to take pictures of 
Trevor just like his furious wrenched face watching another Kevin <laughs> production and post that every time we do a we do a movie. I, I mean it it would really just be me looking completely blank and joyless. Yeah. And... We'll we'll get like we'll get an artist to do a, a caricature of you with like steam coming out of your ears and a bright red face. This is this is classic Kevin. He's like, uh-huh. it was just delightful. I came out of my office by the time of the credits. You've got you've got to watch the whole thing as well. And I was all fucking moist faced. And my wife was like, what did you just watch? And I was like, can you believe it? Bill and Ted. And she was like, seriously, are you high? I was like, I am. But it's also they they did it. Oh my god, that conversation did not happen. No, his wife was not surprised in the least that he was crying about Bill and Ted. He <laughs> cries about fucking everything. And she wouldn't ask him if he's high because she knows. Yeah, he's high. yeah. Um, I have not watched yet, but Kevin Smith did host a um because I guess they did Comic Con online or something. I don't know. Yeah. I wasn't paying attention to it, but Kevin Smith hosted a panel on the new Bill and Ted movie. What with like Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter and stuff. A ver- a- a virtual panel with like, um, you know, they're all on Zoom chat. So you got to see Kevin Smith talking with Keanu Reeves, the god. Um, and I I haven't been able to get through it all yet, but I will. I promise to the fans I will watch it. I will sit through it. And I'll report back. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know if I could take that. Like, I'm on such a Bill and Ted high right now that like, I, I don't want to come crashing down yet. Yeah, because Ke- Kevin and Jane Silent Bob are just like they're the dark inverse of Bill and Ted. Like Truly. all my all the joy and wonder and aspirational feelings I get from Bill and Ted. Like when I start thinking about Kevin Smith, like it's a, a dark cloud enters my mind. <laughs> this is one of those things that is like so fucking obvious, but um, I like seeing it written out. Uh, the Bill and Ted movies are not just favorites for Smith. They are foundational. He said the du- he said the duo he created, Jay and Silent Bob, were in part inspired by him. By them, I'm like I'm fucking shocked. I cannot believe this news. This uh, is I thought they were totally original characters. <laughs> um, <laughs> I-, I thought that they were uh, Shakespeare meets Samuel Beckett. Oh right, yeah. But anyways, so. Uh, Bill and Ted uh, face the music. I give it a full recommendation. You know, probably the best movie I've seen uh, 2020. You know, what what else is there to compete with this? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. Give it the best the picture. If you haven't award. seen the uh, the first two Bill and Ted movies, also like watch those. Like just watch them all. Make a day of it. You know. Oh, they're great. They're so good. De- definitely the second best movie of the year for me. I still got to give the best picture Oscar to Birds of Prey. And- not seen either of those. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> Birds of Prey, I think it's going to sweep good. the Oscars this year. There's not a lot of competition, but I do think they should give best screenplay to Bill and Ted Face yeah. the Music. They, those guys have earned it. All right. Uh, night, everybody. Go watch the Bill and Ted movies. Even if you've seen them, watch them again. Fuck you. Oh, they're great. <laughs> Wow, that's rude. I'm all amped up on Bill and Ted, dude.
I, I don't I, I would never uh, be so rude to you, audience. Uh, I I hope that you've seen and enjoyed these movies. I love you and appreciate you, unlike <laughs> Edward here. Yeah. Uh, I have one thing to plug. Um, if you want to check out, I appeared on the podcast uh, Pacino Pod. Oh, nice. Yeah, and we talked about the film Cruising, which is a film I have a I have a big history with because I used to watch it when I was like when I was working at a at a gay bathhouse in my city. <laughs> I'd watch it at like the middle of the night when I was working. So um, if you want to hear me tell stories about that and talk about this really overlooked wonderful film, check out uh, Pacino Pod. And don't forget to subscribe to HBO oh. Max, available now everywhere. Oh in the United States of America. Not in Canada, sorry, Rose. Not in Canada. It's not for you, Canadians. This is an American (laughs) product for American viewers to enjoy. Bye. Stay excellent, everyone. Yeah, party on, dudes. Goodbye. (laughs) Catch you later, Bill and Ted.